everybody. Hello. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good brunch. Good brunch. I'm Jamie Baker. I'm Sarah Matthews. And this is Nurse Coffee Talk. Welcome everybody. What's up? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Should we start adding this like vintage greetings? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? What's up? <laughs> there is an episode of The Office in which that is. <laughs> oh yes, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Where G- Jim's just like, yeah, like yeah. Six years ago, bringing that back. Uh. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Well, here we are, another day, another dollar, and another day, yep. another nickel. <laughs> if that. That's what one of my coworkers used to say. And at the time, I was like, "Shut up!" But now I'm like, "Oh, I get it now." <laughs> That's so funny. Well, I have a couple stories to tell you. Oh my god, I love stories. I know you do, and I love telling them. To I you, can't so. wait. Lay it on me. <laughs> okay. Well. For everybody out there, I feel like we've kind of picked on nurse practitioners a little bit. So this is a pick on physician a little bit story. So we'll just be equal opportunity offenders. Listen, we pick on nurse practitioners who deserve it. And physicians who deserve right. it. We pick and on nurse- nurses who and nurses. And who nurses deserve who deserve it. <laughs> we just pick Are we bullies? Oh God. I mean, that probably is some introspection that we should think about. See episode one, season one. <laughs> Do you walk around with a clipboard and dance goes? <laughs> you might be a bully if... Oh, we should definitely make that little BuzzFeed quiz. Ooh. Oh, that'd be a fun little Instagram thing. Mm-hmm. Do you talk behind your co-workers' back? <laughs> Do you complain about your co-workers to other co-workers? Oh, I think we're going to have a huge list of people who are self-identifying as bullies if this is the criteria. <laughs> I think it is the criteria, though. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Anyway. All right. So, physician. So, the other night, uh, I was working at a hospital, and I was working with a physician that, uh, with whom I was not familiar. Apparently, she's been there for, like, two years, but our paths have never crossed. And... That's interesting. I gotta turn up my volume a little bit, because I can't hear you that well. Listen to my beautiful voice. I hear you. Me, 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 me. I was just gonna sing Elsa to you, but you haven't seen Frozen. (laughs) Of course I have. I've seen it a billion times. You have? Yes. Oh my god. That song, Into the Unknown, gets completely stuck in my head. Oh yes, it's so good, though. Oh, it's so good. The music in the second one is just as good as the music in the first one. So, the first time I watched Frozen 2... I did not feel that way. I was Same. like, meh. Same. But about then I listened it. to the soundtrack after, and I was like, okay, no, I think I was just engrossed because of the story was so different. Yeah, the story was hugely different. But it's so good. So good. It's the most solid I actually, sequel I think I've ever seen. I actually prefer Frozen 2. Yeah? Yes. That's I like the music better. Yeah. I know, but I like the music better. I like the clo- the clothes better. Were so They were so cute in that in the second one, too. For sure. And I like the music better in Pitch Perfect, too, also. Oh! Yeah. I don't... I've seen it. I just don't remember. Pitch Perfect 3, I didn't really like. Well, 3 is hard. I mean, I don't know very many trilogies. Well, I mean, not not even trilogies, because that's giving it way too much credit. And wait, I don't <laughs> think they were thoughtful about it. It's not like The Lord of the Rings, okay? Like, it wasn't... 
a fully fleshed out story like that. I think that was just money making, but yeah, it was just like, oh, people like hearing us sing a cappella. Okay, right. let's do this. Anyway, okay, so physician. So, <laughs> I had to work. How did we even get here? <laughs> that is such the question. How did we get here? <laughs> Where did the thoughts come from? <laughs> Have you had a patient that was speaking in train of thought? <laughs> it might have been Jamie or Sarah. It may have sure. been this podcast. We might actually be psych patients. God, wouldn't that anyway. be an amazing twist, though? Our year anniversary, <laughs> we're like, psych, everybody, literally psych. We are admitted to a psych hospital. This is just a, some a side business. For the long term. <laughs> they, they give us an hour a week of phone calls. <laughs> My sister oh my was God. telling me about her friend who um they put in an offer on a house and I had asked her, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, did they did they get the house? And she said, No, something fell through at the last minute and thank God because one of them was about to lose their jobs because of COVID. And she said when mm. I asked her, she said, We didn't get the house, which is a good thing because had we, you would have been the proud new owner of two dogs. We would have both Aww. been self-admitted to the psych hospital. Oh, <laughs> like we would have absolutely gone fucking insane had we done that. Oh, well, everything happens for a reason. It's like it's a shame you can't get the dogs. <laughs> I'm getting a dog. I so told you that, my right? sister is too. Oh, what kind of dog is your sister getting? A corgi. Oh, that's right. We t- well, I think we just talked about this when last we, we recorded. Are you getting? Yeah. A, are you getting a lab? Yeah. Oh. What color? It's so it's a fox red lab. Oh, so I know. You don't see it's as a, many of those. I like that. I know it's a fancy lab. <laughs> it costs more too. I bet it does. <laughs> you have to pay more for that color. Aww. Like that color is three hundred dollars more than the other color. Oh, that tracks. Dog shit is so expensive. It's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Anyway, sorry. Physician, <laughs> annoying physician. <laughs> Okay, so I'm working with this lady. She's an attending at a teaching hospital, so she has residents that work with her. And this resident that was on this team, I'm not super familiar with him either, but I've found myself questioning a lot of his stuff, and he is a second year. He's not a first year anymore. So some of the stuff I just feel like, "Mm, you should probably know this by now, but whatever. You've got an attending watching over you, so... Mm, that should solve all the problems, right? Yeah, exactly. Because attendings love correcting stupid, minute mistakes. I know. <laughs> so I have a patient come in. She's hyperglycemic, not DKA. Mm-hmm. Her blood sugar is like in the, like, it's, I don't know, it's, it's like 449 or whatever. And the resident orders 20 units of Lantus. And then he also puts in an order for hourly blood glucose tests. Mm -hmm. And so I went up to ask him about this order and both the attending and the resident are sitting right there together. And so I was like, hey, I just want to touch base with you about the orders for this patient. Uh, You know, I'm happy to give the Lantus, but I'm not really sure that we need to do hourly blood sugar checks, given that Lantus really isn't going to have much effect on the blood sugar after one hour. It's not meant for that. (laughs) So like what it's going to be for 50 if I check it in an hour. Well, and the attending is like, oh, you know, I was just going to give her her home meds because she said she didn't have her home meds tonight. And I was like, well, that's fine. You know, I'll do that. I was like, but if we're trying to get her blood sugar down, did you want to add on maybe like a short acting insulin? (laughs) And then I can recheck it in an hour. And the attending is like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, Lantus really isn't. Yeah, right. You definitely don't need the hourly glucose checks with the Lantus. 
And she's like, yeah, we should probably do something that's going to kick in a little quicker than that. Oh, what a good idea. If only someone had suggested that to you. <laughs> so I'm just like, okay, though, this is like my first interaction. It's like you her, can okay. see the thoughts cogs like very slowly (laughs) clicking into place and you're like come with me doctor the train's at the station we just gotta get it rolling okay (laughs) so that was like the first thing and then two nights later i'm at a different hospital and she's there and i walk in and i take report on my patients and she's like oh my god you wake here too and i was like yeah so do you apparently (laughs) okay all right I took over four patients. Not a big deal. Some of them were more involved, but they were mostly worked up already and I didn't have to do a lot. But one was there because they have a ring stock. So in my mind, I can run into this room with the ring cutter, cut the ring off. We can give this lady her discharge papers and get her out of here, right? Like, this is like a quick fix. Get her out of my ER. I mean, do that in the waiting room. You don't even have to admit her for that. Right. No, no, no. Right. But so, but she's already in a room. So that's irrelevant at this point. My point is... I could go do like yes, something that's more involved or I could just get this done and knock it out. So I go in the room and this attending is in the room and she's like examining, doing this like thorough thing. And I walk in like with the ring cutter kit and I bust open, I plug it in and I'm like, did you want me to, I go, do you want me to do it or do you, do you want to do it? And she's like, oh, you would do that? And I'm like, yeah, I will cut the ring off with the ring cutter yes i will do that it's not a big deal and she's like oh okay so she leaves the room i cut the ring off i'm done in like okay it took me like 90 seconds to get the ring off Uh because i had to keep stopping because it was getting hot and the ring was (laughs) the ring was transmitting heat Yeah. yeah i kept heating up so i had to keep taking a break for a second so i get done i go out and i was like hey rings off patient feels good. She's ready to go home. And she's like, oh my God, thank you so much for doing that. I had no idea how to use that machine. Oh, okay. Well, you can just ask literally anybody. I know. And also like, I'm pretty sure there's instruction. I mean, whatever. Anyway. I mean, okay. Yeah, how, all right. Fine. How complicated could it's, it possibly be? But what do I it's know? It's done. Okay. Yeah, regardless. So that's done. So then I have a patient come in. He comes in complaining of right shoulder pain, but he's like pointing to the upper biceps area. Mm-hmm. There's a bruise there, although he denies injury. Mm-hmm. And he's 60 years old, doesn't really go to the doctor, denies any real pertinent medical history, uh, but he is diabetic. And so Doc sees him, comes out and says, I'm going to do a cardiac workup, so we need to get a line, labs, EKG. It, he's diabetic, so this could be a typical presentation. Okay, fine. No problem. I have no problem with that. You want to see why I go for it. I'm here to help. I go in and the guy's like, yeah, I'm a really hard poke. They always have to use the ultrasound machine, yada, yada. So I poke him twice. I get, I get enough lab work that I'm set on labs, but the line blows and I can't use the line. So at this point he has no line. I send the labs down to get that stuff working. In the meantime, I let the resident know that I'm going to need an ultrasound line. Another nurse went and tried, still couldn't get a line. She orders... This poor guy sitting there like, I literally told you this. I know. Yeah, but we they always make us try well, before of we go yeah, straight before you order something else, yeah. So she orders a lidoderm patch for the shoulder, 324 of baby aspirin, and then she orders one sublingual nitro. So I go ahead, I put the lidoderm patch on, I give the aspirin. Obviously, I'm not giving the nitro. For those of you who don't know, we have a lot of nursing students here. Nitro will drop blood pressure 
In some people, it will drop blood pressure significantly. And if somebody is having a right-sided MI and you administer nitro, they're going to tank and crash on you and code on you. So you never, 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 let me be clear, never <laughs> administered nitroglycerin in any way, shape, or form unless you have a patent usable IV line mm-hmm. or IO or whatever, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. That's like nursing 101 after graduation. If you haven't learned that already, you will learn that immediately upon starting. Anyway, so I don't give the nitro. I let her know. I'm at the nurse's station. I let her know, hey, I gave the lidoderm. I gave the aspirin. Haven't given the nitro yet because we still don't have a line. And she says, oh, well, you can go ahead and just give the nitro while we're trying to get the line. And I looked right at her and I go, I absolutely will not give a nitro until I have a line because I don't want to tank his pressure and not have anything to resuss him. And she goes, oh, yeah, 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 nitro, hypotension. <gasps> How old is this person? I, I don't know. She, I mean, she's younger. She's only been in attending for, in a, cu- for a couple of years, but I'm just like... I mean, has she only been in a, a doctor for 14 minutes? Uh, well, she was actually in a four-year ER residency program. Okay. Well, that, I mean, that's... An- so then I have a patient come in. Now I'm at the point where I'm like, we had two pretty simple things that you had no idea what you were talking about on. So now Three, I'm really. like hyper, well, yeah, I'm hypersensitive about your orders. Yeah. So then I get a, this guy that comes in and he has like severe debilitating dizziness. Mm. Like he can't even sit up in triage. Like he peed laying flat, mm. which anybody who works with patients know if there's one thing people are getting up for, it's to pee. Totally. Like especially, especially guys. Men. Like it doesn't. It doesn't matter if you give them a urinal. They have to stand up to pee. So the fact that this guy, like, peed laying absolutely flat because he was debilitated so badly. I mean, he was presenting pretty typically vertigo. Mm -hmm. However, obviously, this, like, dizziness, loss of balance, things like that is posterior stroke, right? Right. And so, you know, I ask her if she's going to call a stroke alert on this guy Um, Because obviously that speeds up the whole like CT process and things like that. And there's a whole different set of documentation that I have to do to meet like core stroke criteria and stuff like that. And she's like, no, no, I'm not going to call a stroke alert. He's he's not a posterior stroke. And I was like, really? How do you know that? Well, right. How do you know that? She's like, well, his NIH was zero. And I was like, well, the NIH doesn't really address a posterior stroke. And she's like, well, it looks at like ataxia and he doesn't have any of that. And it looks at uh, like the visual acuity and changes in vision. And he doesn't he denies all of that. And I'm like, okay, if that's what you're rolling with, fine. I just, I'm going to document that you reviewed it and did not feel it was stroke alert appropriate. And that's fine. But I'm not, that's not going to fall on me that we didn't call a stroke alert on this dude, you know, and it ended up being fine. I think he was, he really was vertigo and that's how he was presenting. And that's what I thought, but I wanted to cover bases and she wasn't on board with that. I'm just like, okay, it's your license. You do what you want to do. But well, she's awfully sure of herself considering how quickly she's had to backtrack several times now. I know. I know. Okay, so then I want your opinion on one other thing that she did. And there was a little controversy in the nurse's station on this. 
So I had a patient come in with cellulitis on the abdomen. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. It was really painful to touch and things like that. She ordered a lidoderm patch for this area. Okay. Okay. What do you think about that? Uh, I think that is not addressing the problem. Like a pain from a cellulitis is going to be, do we need to drain this? Like on the abdomen because it was, was it from a wound? It was over an old six year old C-section scar. Oh, that's interesting. I know. So probably a little infection. Well, I mean, clearly it's cellulitis. She's got a skin infection there. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't. No, I don't think a lidocaine patch is appropriate at all. Okay, but why? Like, what's your reasoning for that? Because I think that if you're going to cover up the area, I don't think you should be covering up the area. I think you need to be looking at it, first of all. And it doesn't address the what might be causing it or what the, what the problem is. I mean, it might help with the... I mean, would it help with the pain? I, I don't know. I, I guess it depends on how like deep, how deep it goes. I don't know. Yeah. That's kind of where I was at with it too, because I was like, in my mind, I just felt like putting this like sticky patch over a cellulitic area would do more harm than good. You'd be occluding like all the pores essentially. Yeah. And like if they have a higher rate of bursting just in general, cause it's putting pressure on the skin if it bursts and then it's covered up and like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't like, I wasn't on board with it. Do people do that? I've never heard of someone having a lidocaine patch for cellulitis. I never have either, but we don't want to get stuck in the rut of like, well, we've never done that before. Yeah, you're right. Right. So my thing is I'd rather question it and be wrong than not question it and be wrong. Sure. So I questioned it and she was like, well, what's your rationale? And I, which was smart of her. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I just feel like we're, you know, we're putting this like hot, sticky substance and like over the wound, you know, and covering up all the pores and it creates like a sweaty environment. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a healthy place to put a lidocaine patch. And she's like, yeah, but she's having significant pain there. You're not talking about a long-term covering. She's like, it's going to be on the skin for no more than 12 hours and it can help with the pain. It wasn't my patient. It was another nurse's patient that I had gone in to medicate. And so I asked, I said, well, this is so-and-so's patient. Why don't you two hash it out and decide what you want to do? I just, I've never seen that done before, whatever. So the nurse ended up putting the patch on the patient. The patient actually had significant pain improvement within minutes. Hmm. And then at the end of the shift, me, the nurse who whose patient it was and a third nurse were in the break room talking about it. And the third nurse came in and was like, yeah, I, I didn't support you on that one. Like I, I thought it was not a big deal to put the lidocaine patch on. And I was like, okay, but why do you feel that way? And he's like, he's like, I don't know. Cause it hurts her and it's going to help her. And I, I just don't think it's a big deal. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And again, I said, well, I'd rather question it and be wrong than not question it and be wrong. I mean, but I've just never seen that done. Death. I mean, it's not. No, no, bad. no. It's just. No, I just, I don't know. It was really weird to me to think about putting a lidoderm patch on cellulitis. I don't know. Well, also it only stays on for 12 hours and then it's off for 12 hours. So she's just expected to have 12 hours of pain? Well, no. I mean, I'm sure that we put her on an antibiotic as well. I mean, they're going to treat the cellulitis. I mean, I know, but I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so that was my frustration with my physician this 
the past couple nights. Well, regardless of the lidocaine patch or not, I think she's shown <laughs> significantly altered, not thinking, because that makes her sound like she's yeah. not, you know, but like, like Lapsed problem solving. Yeah, yeah, like her judgment has been very interesting. Like, you had an opportunity basically to potentially really harm two people had you not, you know, because Atlantis. Say her blood, blood sugar kept spiking because you haven't given her anything for it right. that would that was going to work quickly. So that right. could cause damage, and you'd be rechecking well, yeah, and be like in seven hundred her into D- DK yeah. or. And then the other guy, of course, if you'd given and then nitro, yeah, and he had tanked and yeah. he didn't have a line, yeah. you're like, oh, sorry, I was told it was fine. Yeah, right. <laughs> never, 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 <laughs> never. I got slapped for that one and orientation when i was a new grad nurse and i'll i learned my lesson believe me have other people complained about this woman um well it was interesting because i actually had tncc class today and i was with a group of people and we were at the hospital in which she did her residency Mm -hmm. and so i asked if they had had that kind of experience with her and it sounds like that is pretty par for the course i mean i'd be shocked if she became an attending and then all of a sudden developed this behavior like can you imagine her as a resident oh god what a dumb bunny oh boy but i will say she's like the sweetest person in the whole world and she is very open and approachable to like when you have a a question every time you question it like that's not gonna work yeah that would be awful. I, I'm all for that, and that's very charitable, and I totally appreciate that. But the nitro thing, you're an ER attending for years, and you did a four-year ER residency, and that's yeah. never come up. Yeah, come So on. that means you're not retaining. One of the most common vital things that you're going to do as an ER doctor is treat cardiac events that walk in the door. For sure. So I call BS on that, that you didn't know that. Either that was a lie, and she just was trying to play it off or she genuinely doesn't know that and then that makes me deeply concerned <laughs> well just the way she said it, it was like oh 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 yeah nitro hypotension yeah and i'm just like oh god <laughs> i mean that's like july one intern shit to say totally, like oh totally, yeah i haven't totally. taken my cardiac class in like a minute so i haven't yeah. gotten a refresh on that not your er attending that's insane. I know. I know. Oh. Well, and the scary thing is she's teaching residents now. Right. Oh, oh, poor lady. dear. But she's so nice. She is nice. <laughs> she is really sweet. She's really sweet. And we've talked about that before. Sometimes, sometimes doctors' bedside manner makes up for their lack of well, clinical knowledge. You're right. Because certainly their clinical knowledge does not make up for a lack of bedside manner. So... <laughs> No, I've got I've got a few of those. We have plenty too. of those. I was talking to my boss the other day and she was like, How you doing? How you handling all the personality disorders that you got up there? You're like, Well, let's see, this one falls on the spectrum. And I was this like, one falls on the it's spectrum. It's not going well. It's not going well up here. Sorry to report. Is she supportive of you or she's very supportive. Thank oh, God. That's awesome. Thank God. Yeah. Very cool. She let she was like, you know, I know you guys are having a lot of issues with your APP team, I'm just going to say, this is not the first time it's come up. And I was like, are you telling me that they've been like complaining about us? She goes, no, no, no. I mean, the billion people that have come before you have all had difficulties with this team. Oh, come on. And I was like, then why are we catering to it? Let's just let it be what it's going to be and we'll just fucking deal with it. Like, I mean, the meetings and the the plans and the projects and like, I appreciate that we can't just let something that isn't working keep going. But like, 
Also, it's not, now we're all nurses in what we're talking about, but my, my tagline is always nursing solutions for doctor problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like trying to change nursing behavior to fix what is ultimately a physician issue. And it's never going to get to the root of it. Yeah. You and I have discussed that like offline before too. I mean, that's going to be the name of my first book for God's sake. <laughs> nurses can't solve doctor problems <laughs> nursing solutions for doctor problems hint it doesn't work it doesn't get to the hint, root of it it goes deeper than a stethoscope <laughs> oh how deep do stethoscopes go <laughs> depends <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. oh boy anyway all right well well keep an eye out for that goofball yikes yeah well if i continue working with her i might fill up enough stories to have a whole podcast <laughs> and i'll just call it dr x oh i was scrolling through facebook as per usual while pooping sure and i came across a feed that was talking about again on we are er nurses does anyone else feel guilty for not picking up ot when you know they need the help but you just have to take care of you Absolutely not. So I'm going to read through some of these responses. Okay. And then we can talk about them. All right. So I've already the made first my decision. One, I know. <laughs> nope. I don't feel guilty anymore. Nope. Self-care first. It's not our responsibility to staff the unit. Correct. I used to. Not anymore. If I run myself into the ground helping others, I'm no good to anyone. The last few months, I've tried to focus more on self-care when I do, the difference is amazing. Mm-hmm. Nope. If we continue to bail out our organizations when they are short-staffed, they will continue to believe they don't need to do anything about short-staffing. That's what I was going to say. Not even remotely. Not my emergency. Yes and no. Okay, weirdo. <laughs> I'm typically good with shuffling my schedule with a few days notice, but it's very rare for me to pick up day of, especially if it's late night call out and I haven't slept. Get that? No, that's management's job. They don't get out on the floor and help us. Oh, that's such a sentiment. It is, but also that's stupid. No, it's not. Management has a lot of shit to do. And part of the reason that they have people doing like that's not I now that I'm on the other side of it, I just view it differently. Yeah, but see, I feel like a manager who's willing to roll up their sleeves every once in a while is like good morale for the team. Like, I'm not saying every time they're short-staffed, the manager should come in and work. But, like, first of all, it puts you, as a manager, it puts you in touch with what's actually happening with your staff. The staff respect you a hell of a lot more if you're willing to jump in and be side-by-side with them. I don't disagree, but unless you're talking about a night shift, which isn't really plausible because they have to work the next day, they are there for their normal workday. They've got stuff to do. Okay. First of all, I don't know what... What managers you work with, but like at my facility and every facility I've been at before, management strolls in and out whenever they damn well please. Okay, that's what I'm going to say that my parents always argue about, and I'll quote what my mother says, which is, spoken like a true hourly worker who doesn't know, doesn't I am see an hourly worker. the bigger picture of it. I'm not defending all managers. There's plenty who are shitty, but, like, I don't know. I don't, I, that's, I don't think they'd stroll in and out totally as they please all the time. I don't agree with that, because I work those hours now. If you were like, hey, work your regular shift and also come in, versus nurses who work three days a week 
coming in for an extra day. No. I mean... I'm not saying for a manager to work a 40-hour week and come in and work their off-shift shift 12-hour shifts. I'm saying if a manager works their regular hours and they're in, the, like, they're around or they live close by and there's something serious going on, some huge staffing shortage, I think you need to come in, make your presence known, show the staff that you're actively problem solving for them. If that means you take over triage for two hours to help decompress and then go home, at least it shows an initiative. And I'm not saying that that has to be done every single night, but maybe you need to balance your schedule better. You mean when when they're doing staffing? Yes. Well, certainly, although people are such dicks and they call out constantly too. Yeah. And that's another thing, too, is, like, we're very quick to blame management for short staffing issues when, like, it's your coworkers who know full well that you're short because yeah, we all talk about it and sure. they still are calling out for bullshit. So, like, give me a break. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of that comes from, like, burnout, too. Yeah. And I also think it's interesting that you call it calling out because I've always called it calling off. Oh. I know. Weird. That is interesting. <laughs> what do other people call it? Do they say calling in? Well, this person says, call, this one says, I totally feel guilty even though I know I shouldn't. I've never even called off before. Now I'm going to be focused on called off or called You've out. You've never called off before? That's what this person says. Good for them. How, how long have they been a nurse? <laughs> They've been there for six weeks. I yeah, don't know. I, know. I, I was like, no mm, I called BS on that, but fine. I'll negotiate my overtime. I don't mind picking up a day or two. Now, if staffing sucks and they're desperate, I'll come in for double time pay. You could work 24-7 and they would still be calling you to pick up time. Correct. Yep. And part of the thing, too, is I think that we manipulate the, like, because inherently, whether, you know, we are, we have our dark humor and we can be rude and crass and all the things, right? But, like, inherently, most people are doing this job, doing this work, because they give a shit about patients. There is a lot of things that we are manipulated into doing based on, well, it's for the patient. There's a lot of stuff that falls into that category. Mm -hmm. We don't have to Mm -hmm. list them because we have before. Yeah. This is one of them, though, in terms of like, we need you to pick up the slack, basically, because it's safer for the patients and and your co-workers. Like, they need you. So so even the fact that you have a question in your mind of, does anyone else feel guilty for not picking up OT? Mm -hmm. That proves that right Right there like you've been put in a position where you feel guilty for not working more than you've been hired to work right and as someone who's seen how ftes are created what they need is data to show and prove to them that we need the budget for another fte because mm-hmm. or how you know 0.9 or whatever people are because look at all these weeks of shifts that are are short if we had two more FTEs, it would fill all these gaps. Like, and then you wouldn't be mm-hmm. paying overtime. Mm-hmm. They need proof of that. Now, I'm sure they don't want it because it's very much like an immediate problem. It's probably cheaper to pay overtime than to just pay benefits. It probably is, but your manager who I hope wants what's best for the unit and not, because like the manager needs to care about the unit. Someone else cares about the money. That's why they have to get permission to spend any money. Shall I go on? Yes, please. Uh, this one says self-care and family first. Um, somebody else. I used to feel guilty, but with the way things have changed, not anymore. When I first started, yes, I was needed. Now I know I'm just a warm body to fill a spot. Unless I want to work OT personally, I don't come in knowing I'm going to get a beat down. Hmm. That sounds like you need to find a new job. (laughs) No, because no one feels bad when they're cutting hours. Nope. Zero shits given. Hell no. It's not my job to solve staffing problems. Hell no. 
um, used to, but then I realized if it's consistent that I'm the band-aid of the problem of short staffing, and if I kept picking up, they wouldn't actually solve the problem. Nope, I need my mental health. I'm glad that people are. I know. Because I know a lot of people who take a ton of OT and, like, never take time for themselves. I have no idea who you're talking about. No idea. Definitely not <laughs> someone whose name ends with Amy. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, well, I mean, you know, right now it's a, it's a means to my end. Well, right? and that's what people, you know, that's what people do it for. And that's one of the great things yeah. about nursing. And it's one of the ways yeah. that they sell you is the schedule is flexible and there's room to pick up more shifts because you only work three days. Now, those mm. they don't tell you how completely drained and burnt out you are after those three days. Yeah. That isn't included in that cute little cell that they put on the brochure, you know, but. Yeah, on the brochure. Come work overtime at Sunny Rivers. <laughs> You know, it's interesting, though, because I work a lot, but I work at five different hospitals and I they're all like different types of jobs. Mostly four of them are ERs. One's a different type of job altogether, but they're all like different in their own way. The types of patients you see at each one is different. So honestly, like, I really feel like that makes a huge difference in my burnout rate. I mean, clearly it has because... If you had been working the hours that you work at the same job for oh your, god, I mean, there's no way. No, absolutely, there's no, no way. way. No, I would no, I would not. There's absolutely no way. Because even doing my job five days a week, I'm like, oh my god, am I tired of coming to this fucking place? Like, mm-hmm. it's not even about yeah. the work itself. I could be have having a great week, you know, even if it, you know busy and steady and fine and like things are going well. My coworkers are great. Like even if things are great, I'm just like, oh man, I'm tired of coming to this place. Yeah, and that living for the you. weekend thing is disgusting i hate it <laughs> you know you've said that I hate it. but you get happy hour every day if you want it that's true not right now but this one was interesting this person says total guilt my team is like family and i hate the thought of them being short i mean i do understand that on the level of like especially and i'm trying to you know if i put myself in it like my night shift crew if they were drowning and a go- one of my best friends is calling me being like, please come in and help. And then, yeah, that's a different, that would definitely be, be guilt inducing. I get that. Sure. You know, you then you have to go back and look people in the eye and they're like, I saw on Instagram that you drank a canned margarita and laid in the bathtub while we were like literally drowning. But so what? It's but your also day so off. What? You're entitled You're to right. that. You're right. Ugh. That's not fair I don't feel that way anymore, but then again, I'm removed from it now. Yeah. <laughs> Other people just talking about, oh, this person says, I also don't get mad at others for calling out. Hmm. This mm, one says, the whole thing, it says, nope, I'm a bedside nurse making an hourly wage. If they're that desperate, management can get a little dirty. I never pick up OT because I'm not burning myself out. I also don't get mad at others for calling out. Take care of yourself because you are very replaceable in management's eyes. I don't disagree with that. And I do, I understand that in terms of calling out, but also I just know the shitty, there are people who call out for nothing constantly. Yeah. yeah. You know, the here and there thing. I get it. I've done it. You know, there are times when you're like, I just can't. I literally can't. This is a mental health day. I can't do it. Yeah, for sure. I also think that there is a method to the madness a little bit of like, you know, I think if you were to track certain people who are calling out consistently, it's like, well, are you scheduling yourself in a way that isn't conducive to you tolerating this? Mm -hmm. I think people's also they're just their work ethic just varies. 
just as yeah. a oh, for you sure. know, generic statement. Like for sure. Some people just don't give a fuck and like, okay, then they're not going to regardless. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing that sucks. Like I have, you know, where I do staffing at one of the facilities and we've talked about this before. I think we have so many FMLAers. Yes. And so what they'll do is when, when we are short staffed and they're offering incentive pay for people to come in, they will pick up those hours and then they'll just call an FMLA on their scheduled days. Fuck you. So essentially they like make their own schedule because they just come in as they please. They make twice as much money when they're there at work. Then they call an FMLA so they don't even like get it marked against them. It's such a crack of shit. I'm going to say something and it's probably, it's probably low-key super offensive. Mm-hmm. So know that I don't mean it for people who genuinely need FMLA for super, super, yeah. super valid reasons. Mm -hmm. But to me, that kind of reminds me of, like, the emotional support animal bullshit that's going on right now. Oh. Not to uh say that people don't need their emotional support animals. They do. But it is not like a service dog or service animal. Right, correct. It's not. They do not deserve to go everywhere. They are not trained and there's no regulation. Yep, I agree completely. So y'all just want to have this animal. Fine. I get it. I get it. Listen, I'm all for manipulating apartment complexes who have bullshit rules. I'm good. I'm golden with that. You don't get to bring it to the zoo or whatever the issue is. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) people on, on airports and like, well, this is my emotional support dashing out. And you're like, that dog can't do shit for you like i don't know what you're talking about that dog is not because they they lick your face and give you kisses so they're emotional support so the fmla thing i just know for a fact that you can get it based on some bullshit so if you're calling off your schedule shifts and then picking up plenty of them like come on that's and there's nothing employers can do about it and they know that yeah but you're gonna ruin it for the people who need it well you're not gonna ruin it because there's nothing they can do about it and the people who really need it are still gonna call an fmla when they really need it but i will say like my facility People who have FMLA, whether it's legit or not, the people who abuse it have given it such a bad name. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's really sad. Like, there was, when I first started that job, there was, like, three or four people that would call in so much that I personally started keeping track because I wanted to know when they had exhausted their FMLA hours. (laughs) One time, this guy that I worked with, he was a total, total dick. Probably the biggest dick I've maybe ever met in my life. I hated this guy. I think he works at my hospital Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But he would occasionally be funny in his dickishness. You know how they do. Sure. When it's not directed at you, it's a little easier to see the light in it. Sure. And there is someone who used to call out. I don't think she was FMLA. She was just calling out. But she would call out at like 6.50 so that we had no time to request staff. Come on. And she would do it every time she worked pretty much so he called her at like whatever time we requested staff like it was in the middle of the night whatever time it was mm-hmm. and he was like um i just wanted to check and see if you were gonna like call in at the last second like you always do because i'd like to request an extra tech if you're gonna do that <laughs> good for him and he got in so much trouble <laughs> really yeah but That's you know so what unfair. it was the first time i'd seen her in months because she didn't she came in like out of spite probably just to complain about him and uh yeah they were they were pissed at him about that and i'm like but you weren't addressing the problem 
Yeah, and he's just saying what literally we're all thinking, and it's so unfair because there are rules that you're supposed to call off like two hours before your shift. Yes. Be- for that exact reason. That's basically a no-call, no-show. I mean, well, it's a call, I guess, so it's just an, uh, whatever, but a late call-in to me, Yeah, the, a lot of places have very strict stuff like that, and we're very lenient, I think, in healthcare in terms of number of call-ins and, and circumstances like that, but other places, they'll fire you over two minutes. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm feeling fired up today. I don't know why I'm so fiery. I don't know. Are you going to start your period? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Here's one. Um, Not anymore. I pick up OT for my own financial gain. I call out if I want or need to. Careful because facilities take advantage of nurses' altruism. If something mm-hmm. were to happen to you, they would replace you in a blink of an eye. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's... Uh, yeah, we're that's, both just like, mm, yeah, yeah. that's what it is. That's what yeah. it is to have yep. employees. Yeah. I mean, people really... Here's the thing, and we've talked about this too, and I'm sure this pisses people off too, but you are there. You are... Wait, you are fired up. You are pissing everybody Sorry. off today. <laughs> Sorry. Blanket statement. Sorry. You're there for labor. Like, you're there... And like, yeah, so it's like, oh, well, I don't mean anything to management, X, Y, and Z. Listen, no, you don't. Okay. So why don't you like, I mean, I get the sentiment of they don't care about me. So why should I care about them? I get it. Or they don't care about me. Therefore, I can act however I want. You can't act however you want because you're replaceable. Yeah. Sorry. That's just the fact of it. Yeah. I'm not saying it's right. And I'm not saying it's fair. And I'm not saying that you don't have enormous (laughs) value to your unit, but yeah, they are just going to replace you. Beyonce said it best. You're replaceable. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Just like they say on the airplane, put the oxygen mask on yourself first before helping others. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I do, too. I picked up last night and tonight, and I wish I hadn't. It's all fun and games until you actually have to work that shit. I was going to say, I've never (laughs) felt faster regret than when I'm, as I'm signing my name on the OT sheet, I'm like, oh my God, why am I doing this? You know, I live and die by my calendar. And so I'm just like, when I'm looking at bills and I'm like, oh crap, okay, I got to pick up here and here and here. And then the day comes and I'm like, why, why did I do this? (laughs) Why did I schedule, why did I schedule myself for a 17 hour shift today? It's all funny. Uh, you know, I used to do the doubling back thing. You know, you work nights and then you come back for an eve. Mm. And I know you do that too. And it's like you get like sometimes four yeah. minutes of sleep, basically. Yeah, that sucks. And then you're coming back and you're like, I'm going to vomit all over the floor. <laughs> like, I hate this so much. I'm so tired. I'm not going to lie. I have upcoming. Not this weekend, but next weekend. I have two 16s back to back. And like, I really hate doing that because it's like the night before my 16, I think I'm working like an 8, but it's 11P to 7A. And then I have to work 3P to 7A, 3P to 7A, 7P to 7A. Oh my God. I know. And I'm like, oh, this sucks. But I'm getting ready to go on vacation. And so like, not only do I have my time off for vacation, 
But I'm also taking like three or four days off before that so I can hang with my kids because I'm leaving the kids. Oh. Hubs and I are going away together on our own. Oh my God. So, When's the last time you did that? Two years ago. Uh-huh. Where we had, when we went to New York. That's right. So yeah, this is Long the first. Long overdue. Like, I know. So I have a couple days off beforehand so I can hang out with the kids and then we're leaving. And then when I come back, I have like the next three nights off because then it's my daughter's birthday. Uh-huh. So. Nice long break. I know. It'll be a nice long break. But so I always kick my butt before I do that, you know. But you know what? I've And I've just have always felt this way. Like, it's hard to suffer beforehand, but it's worth it. Because when you have to come back from vacation and know that you're about to die at work. Oh, yeah. It's like, no. you can't even enjoy the last part of your vacation because you're like, yeah. mm, the dread, it's setting in. Yeah. Like, no. No, no, no. I take vacation, then bef- I take a pre-vacation vacation, a vacation, and then a post-vacation vacation. <laughs> Golly. So... No, so this, you know, everybody talks about how much I work, but it's like, I will work hard in order to, like, vacation hard. Yeah, that's And I don't say play hard because I don't, like, I don't really play that hard. I just want to, like, rest hard. (laughs) (laughs) Are you telling me you're not doing body shots and swimming around? No, I just want to, like, hardcore binge some Netflix. Yeah. (laughs) Read some mad books. Hey, which, by the way, so I'm going to guess the answer is no. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm going to throw it out there in case I'm wrong. Did you read the Twilight series? I did. Did you like the Twilight series? Yes, because I was young when they came out. So it was, I was the target demographic for them. Yeah. Okay. Of course. Yeah. So I was older, but I still loved them. They were such fast reading and I just got so engrossed in the books. I remember vividly we were on the bus for orchestra and Mm -hmm. it was like a 10 to 12 hour drive or whatever. And I. Oh my God. That's so long. It was on on a bus surrounded by teenagers. I mean, it was agony and I was a teenager. Um, (laughs) But I remember vividly reading it the whole time. And and like the other kids were kind of like, what? is this book basically like it hadn't really become popular yet and so i ended up like i finished it on that bus ride and throughout the whole trip like like six different people read it because it was just being passed around from person to person oh that's awesome they're all talking about it that's so fun (laughs) okay well so you'll appreciate this so currently two days ago i had four books in progress mm-hmm. that I've started reading and haven't finished. But I, I go back to them. But I started a fifth book because Midnight Sun just came out. Oh my god, that hasn't come out until now? Yes, it just came out. Wasn't there like out. a preview for that like yes, in the last it was, book? Y- yes, there was like, I don't know, a 10 or 12 page preview. What of year it, yes. did that last book come out? I don't, it's been I like, ha- I think 10 years. I had to have been I think she said when it came out. It had to have been. Mm-hmm. I thought she said 10 years, but you've been out of high school longer than that. Um, I've been out of high school 11 years. Okay. So anyway, so yeah, so Midnight Sun just came out. For those of you who aren't aware, it's Twilight from Edward's perspective. I mean, you could read a fan fiction that would give you that. Like, is, do you have it? Is it good? Yeah, I've started reading it. I'm like, I've abandoned my other four books for now. I'm probably oh gonna. God. You'll finish it. Tonight, I'm probably gonna I'm sure. plow through this book and then I'll pick up my other four books. <laughs> I just reread the entire Hunger Games trilogy. That new book, the prequel to that, just came I out. Know. Too. I know. I got that one. I got to get that because I was getting ready for it. Oh, I have, and oh, I feel okay. no I shame it. in my heart loving that because the Twilight. That's a little embarrassing, but. No, it's not. They were good books. Whatever. I stand by it. They were good YA books. Like, they totally, that's exactly what they were supposed to do. And, like, it's been butchered to hell for a lot of reasons, but that's fine. Yeah, but it's way better than saying you liked the Fifty Shades series. Which started out as Twilight fanfiction. 
fun fact. The Shades of Grey? Yes. It did? Yes, and she decided that there was something more there, and so she changed it. Oh my god. Well, it was terrible, terrible writing. Terrible writing. Oh my god. Like, literally, I read that first book, plowed through it, got into the second book, and I was like, I am never gonna get this time back in my life. No, it's the most completely boring, one-dimensional characters ever. Sucked. But the Hunger (sighs) Games, anyway, like, those books are so good. They're so dark, and I forgot Yeah, they are very dark. dark. So dark. The vivid descriptions of of torture and death and like, oh my God, very depressing. Yeah. You know what other book is like that? The other series is the um, Allegiant series. Yes. I have brought that to the beach recently. It's also really dark. Yes. Very dark. Anyway. Okay. Sorry. We digress and we're at 55 minutes so we got to finish this. All right. So... I used to feel guilty, but then I realized that the more I'm willing to give, the more they're willing to take instead of hiring adequate staffing. Yeah. Um, they only care about covering your shift. You're just a means to fixing the issue at hand. I felt guilty at first, but like what has been said above, the more you give, the more expected. The warm body theory started, started in the early 1990s. It is do more with less until deemed necessary by admin. And it sucks that, like, basically most units who are short-staffed are in a constant state of emergency. Yeah. And, you know, there's this idea of, like, just hire more people. Like, th- like it's as simple as waving a magic wand. It's not. Yeah. And, right. unfortunately, to prove how serious it is to, like, whatever higher-ups give that kind of money and kind of approval, the rest of the staff suffer so much because you're so short. And, I like, know. then you have burnout and then you have more people leave and then you're short. I mean, it's just what a vicious cycle. It is. It, it is a vicious cycle. Yeah. When I was working my unit, we had four until 11 and then picked up a fifth at 11 for the night shift. And mm. then occasionally, you know, someone goes home, you call out whatever you take a sixth or a seventh. But charge didn't take a full assignment. So there was there was wiggle room for that, you know, to try and avoid that X, Y and Z. Mm-hmm. But it was... I mean, I left, clearly. It was miserable. It was so busy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these fresh transplants and whipples, I always talk about them, they're rolling on out of the OR in the middle of the night, and you're like, oh my yeah. god, like, it's so busy. And yeah. so when I left, they actually were able to prove whatever, however they approved acuity, that um, they went down to to only have four at night. Good for them. But not even being a tele-unit, which is unusual, especially in that hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm really glad for them. Yeah. I can't believe like Whipples and stuff are coming out. It's not Telly though. Come on. Oh my god! Now that I'm now that I have a little bit more experience, I'm like, holy shit! The things that we took on that floor were so inappropriate. <laughs> so inappropriate. Wild. <laughs> and where the bed manager's going, you will take it. Yeah, he's like, here, take your stupid Whipple. <laughs> we wanted them anyway. I'm like, don't give me some ortho bullshit. I want to have my GI surgeries. I don't want that. Yeah, ortho for patient. sure. Get them out of here. And ortho felt the same way about you. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> like, give me my fractures. Give me my. Um, okay, this one says, I paid off all my credit cards and bought land by working OT. Bring it on. I want to pay my new truck off. <laughs> I mean, that's great, though. That's one of the best things about it is, like, you do a flexibility to... Mm-hmm. I thought we were, we got, like, a teeny bonus in lieu of a pay raise <laughs> due to COVID, and... I thought I had gotten it early for some reason. It turned out it was just the OT that I had been working. Mm. And I was like, oh, what a, what a secret little surprise. I didn't spend it on what I was supposed to be spending it on. I spent it on fun things. Whoops. <laughs> it's summertime. Budget. <laughs> This one kind of kicks me in the groin a little bit. It says, my daughter graduated high school and is gone this year. 100% I wish I would have stayed home. Even I could have. I don't know what that means. I wish I would have stayed home. 
Ugh. Meaning, like, she took OT and was spent less time at home, and now her daughter's yeah. gone and she's sad. Oh, Yeah. I know. Oh, I bet that did hit you right in the little feels. Yeah, it did. Oh. I'm trying to work on being home more. I know. I swear, kids. I, I swear. I work OT on my terms these days. I work hard, contribute well to our team, but do not feel guilty in limiting my time. Um, I'm just trying to, like, hit the highlights because we're running out of time here. No, you have to look after your own health, physical and mental. Nope, there are plenty of others who usually pick up time. Gotta look out for me and my family. Not to mention no one wants a burnout nurse taking care of them, and no one wants to work with one either. That's so true. That is true. No one wants to work with you when you're a grumpy little goose. Yeah. Some days I'm that person. Same. Okay, that's all. That's all I got from the That's pretty comprehensive, though. I mean, in general, most people are caring about their mental health, which is crucial. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. That's good. It's important not to martyr yourself because no one's ever going to thank you for it. Yeah, I will say when I pick up extra hours, you can call me selfish if you want. I have absolutely never picked up a shift because I felt guilty. No. I pick up the shifts because I need to pay bills and I'm doing that for my family. Yeah. So that's why I do it. So I have a reason and a why. But I think I would probably feel very differently if I picked up out of guilt. I have done that before. And I remember a few times you show up and something wouldn't, like, you would go in feeling, like, I mean, well, not you would. I'm saying, let me just, let me just take that out completely out of it. <laughs> and I can't project this onto other people. I would go in feeling kind of like, you're welcome. Like, mm. I don't want to be here, but I'm doing this because you guys are short. And then feel mm-hmm. pissy when, like, I didn't Nobody get the assignment I wanted or if yeah. they weren't appreciative or if I wasn't in charge and I wanted to be or, like, whatever. Which, of course, you wouldn't be because, like, if you're going to get canceled, you would get canceled right. first as OT. Right. And, you know, or someone left and, like, made it even worse. And I'm like, man, like, these people, <laughs> bitches don't care. No one's loyal. Yeah. No, nobody is loyal. Well, like, the one place I work, like, they've been putting out blasts for people to come in and they're like come help us uh we're short five nurses from 11 to 3 jesus and it's like so if i sign up for that i'm coming in to get my ass handed to me well and that's the thing too it's almost like you shouldn't tell people how desperate you are right because you're trying to convince them to come you're pleading for them but exactly also no no i don't want to come in and have a billion patients that sounds right exactly Exactly. So yeah, I get. That. I don't know. That's a hard. I mean, how do you know what to do? You don't. You just have to gamble or make decisions based on your health and well-being and financial situation and do what's right for you in the moment. Yeah. So, but don't burn yourselves out working OT. And everybody will say it's the fastest way to burn yourself out. But you know, if you have a gig like I have where you're really mixing it up between places, it's really not that bad. Yeah. Um, because you have a change of scenery, a change of clientele, a change of things all the time. Well, that's another conversation about, like, the side hustle thing. Yeah. Whatever it may be. And we'll just call side hustle. It doesn't have to be either nursing related or not. Just not your primary job you've been hired for. And we don't mean OT right. there. But if right. you're in a position where you can pick up contingent or something somewhere else and you're still making Absolutely. you're making good money, yeah. you're going to feel a lot different about doing that. Like, it's still work, obviously. But yeah, it's for sure. different. Like, I used to go from my job here to my side job like three or four days a week just like back to back to back to back and mm. it would put me home later than I wanted to be and then I'd go and get up and do it the next day or whatever but oh my god it just really didn't feel like the same it didn't feel like I was working just back to 12s right sure even though I was it didn't feel like that because you're mixing yeah. it up you're seeing different people you're interacting in a different way right it does it changes the ball game for yeah, sure it does 
So, all right, guys. Well, you guys mull over that for the next week and we will, we'll try to start off next week. There's an email I want to get to one of our um, listeners. She's really scared because her, um, her school is all online and she's very nervous about doing nursing school online. So, so we wanted to chat with her. So we will talk with her next week. We'll start off with that next week. And, um, until then you guys have a wonderful week. Stay safe and don't bring yourselves out. Be well. Be well. We love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.